Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. I'm Michael Morgan, he's Chisanga Malata, and this is Shots Fired. We're without the, uh, the, the intrepid twosome, as it were, G on hiatus and the man, the myth, the legend, Kairos Bodley, also on hiatus. But I do have riding shotgun as usual. I think I'm riding shotgun, actually. I think I'm robbing and then you're Batman because your dulcet tones, your deep voice does actually lend itself to the Dark Knight, Chisanga Malata. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I love it when Kristen Bale does that voice. But no, um, nah, no, 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 you're the, uh, you're, you're most definitely Batman in this, in this crew, bro. Uh, the, I'm trying to think who I'd be. I, I no, I wouldn't be. I definitely wouldn't be Robin. I wouldn't be putting myself. <laughs> uh, if I was, if I was to choose a character from the Batman series, the Batman world, um, I don't know. You know, it's. Uh, okay, I'm tr- I'm trying to I'm trying. Oh fuck! I'll just go with Cyborg. Easy. D- he's in the DC. He's in the DC world. DC DC world. I'll go, I'll go with him. That's fine. Easy. So you're in the DC world. You know what? I know I was saying I'd be Robin and everything, but I'm more like Nightwing. He's like a darker version, much more violent version than um than um sorry i'm just getting just getting a text from a guest who will be joining us shortly oh <laughs> surprise surprise leah mccourt will be dropping by at some point during the show she just informed me and uh before we get there though there are quite a few uh, items on the docket but yeah i was just saying that i'd rather be nightwing because he's more violent he's a more twisted version of robin and uh he's got some serious like um dark brooding tendencies and that's that's me that describes me so yeah i'll be nightwing but as we do have to crack on before our guests arrive i impromptu <laughs> i impromptu <laughs> guests Liam McCourt, who um, actually takes on a formidable opponent this Friday night at Bellator 267. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It is Bellator. Return there to London for Bellator for the first time since 2019, I believe. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Nice to have some uh, live, uh, well, cage side action for you to be viewing. And for Cam Woe TV, Cam, Dave Cameron will be uh, handling duties as well from Woe TV over the next few days. So look out for that content. At Woe TV is the uh, is the place to head if you want to see what he's up to for us. But let's crack on. Nick Diaz and uh, the formidable, the formidable um, Robbie Lawler took place over the weekend. Now for me, I had trepidation. I had worries. I had uh, issues with the fight, with the make- matchup with the whole thing going down. And it seems as though those um, worries and those, uh, I suppose, 
um, concerns were kind of borne out. What we saw there was a shell of his former self. He gave, I would say, a spirited performance in terms of maybe the second round, because coming out with that kind of like dad bod attempt at a uh, spinning, uh, turning, flying, back kick, whatever that was, that wasn't a good look. That wasn't a good start. It didn't make me think um, where his head was at with that slow kind of um, attempt. And just seeing what unfolded there, I didn't like what I saw. But hearing the post-fight interviews, hearing what he had to say um, after all of that went down, and even the way in which the fight was stopped, he literally, it was a no-must moment. Okay, not as bad as Roberto Duran because he wasn't literally getting his face pummeled. He literally wasn't made to quit, but quit he did. So all of that, when you kind of like, you know, meld that together, I'm not going to say I told you so, because I think that would be kind of like stating the bleeding obvious. But I just wanted to get your take on, first of all, the run-up, having seen the various interviews, but also what you saw in the night, but in particular what he said post-interview in that it was almost as though he was insinuating, no, I'm going to go a step further. He was saying he was forced to do it, his management. And we all know that Nick Diaz has some financial woes. We know he has some financial trouble. He was basically saying he was forced to take that fight and he didn't know why he was in that situation. What's your take now? Because I know last show you were, you know, you were looking quite upbeat and positive. Yeah, no, I was, I was upbeat and, uh, and positive, but uh, obviously I made my, uh, my, my defense, so yeah, yeah d- defense of yeah, I'd say defense of the fight prior to the interview with Brett Okamoto, which literally got dr- dropped about ten or fifteen minutes after we finished recording last uh, last week. But uh, yeah, uh, Nick Diaz. Uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting too much in terms of uh, it by by the way of performance because I mean, it, the man had been out of action for six years and. And Ring Ross gets the better of anybody. I'd say Ring Ross strikes around 12 months. Anybody that hasn't been inside the octagon or inside the ring for at least 12 months, the Ring Ross bug well and truly bites them. So for Nick, it was six sixfold. It was sixfold for, for Nick. And yeah, once I saw him actually in the cage and it, yeah, the, the, I, I, I didn't look too much into the the attempt of the, 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 the turning back kick. I thought, yes, yeah, it's just Diaz brother trying to um, trying to get the fan, fans behind him. But yeah, it was worrying in parts uh, how I even said this to my wife when I was watching it, um, how how reluctant he, he seemingly was to fight in there at, at, at certain times. There were don't get me wrong. He had some good moments and he had some. Uh, he showed flashes of his of, of his good box or showed flashes of his good boxing, but it was those moments were few and far between. Although I did like it how, um, and I did get a little bit nostalgic when he was like slipping and ripping to the body because that was like one of my favorite Nick Diaz things. And like he he just work you to the body and then work you up high. And but yeah, it's yeah. After if we'd made our podcast, um, literally, I think. 20 minutes, 20 minutes or so, or like maybe no, like an hour or so afterwards uh, last week, my opinion on Nick Diaz 
fighting would have been completely different because obviously in that interview with Brett um, and Brett did very did very well in that interview to get the uh, to get the normally uh, I don't I don't know what he, media shy Nick to open up and truly convey how he was feeling about this fight. Um, had I seen that prior to it, I my my excitement for the fight would have waned greatly because the fact that he was saying that I don't I I don't know why I'm doing this or. But then he was quickly backtracking and saying, no, but I always feel this way before before fights. I, it seemed to me that, again, he was fighting for the wrong reasons. And one line, I think it was either he said it in the interview or he said it afterwards. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who set this up. I don't know why this was a fight for me be, like coming back and and what have you. And yet it, it, it alludes to exactly what you said, that there's, there's, there's clearly fin- financial issues. And now... Uh, oh, I've, I, and I wonder how big those financial issues are because considering his brothers made quite a bit of coin of, of late, you would assume that he'd obviously help him out. And I'm, I'm, I'm by no means saying Nate hasn't helped him out in, in what situation, but you would assume that wouldn't be the case where his brother would uh, would be in uh, dire straits financially to, to the fact where he has to come back and take a fight and on six weeks notice, six, six weeks training camp. I remember I, I was, I heard that, I heard him say that and then, I heard somebody else say it, but to me, it felt a bit longer. It felt like the announcement was 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 a bit longer. But actually, if you go back, it, it that's all he had, all the time he had to prepare. And yeah, it was sad. He just looked like a. Although, as I said before, he looked he looked good in parts, and he was game to a certain to a certain extent. It was sad to see because when have you ever seen a DS brother quit like that? You never. It's it's just it's just not in their DNA. And I'm by no means saying that he's uh, that he shouldn't be pilloried for quitting because I think in, in mixed martial arts, this is this is a conversation that we've had as well um, before. We need to we need to normalize fighters knowing that the uh, they're not going to reverse the tide. We need we need to normalize that because if we're if uh, fire safety and fire longevity are two of the things that uh, at the at the, at, the, at the pinnacle of the of the list when it comes when it comes to fire those those are things that uh, yeah no sorry I've, I've digressed but the fact that those are the two things that we want we want held in in the highest regard by by officials and and, and everybody else and when a fire sh- shows those showcases instincts of yeah i need i need to get out of here we shouldn't lament them and we shouldn't be like it's like remember when george st Pierre tapped to strikes for uh, matt sarah do you remember how like how pillared he pillared he got and people saying, "Oh, he's a quitter," blah 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 blah. But if I'm George Saint Pierre, I'm you, you know in that instance, he's he's saved himself from taking any more damage, like like career well, career threatening damage, because as we know, like a lot of people disagree with this and saying, "Oh, that every blow doesn't really take time off your career," but it does. It does. I mean, the, the brain can only absorb so much. Uh, so much shock so many times so i didn't really have a have a, have a problem with it but if that had happened say if he'd had a full full like maybe three three to four month training camp and and he was looking in fantastic shape and and what have you and the fight ended how it ended i would have more concern but yeah it's it, it was sad to see and it's just going to be interesting what happens with nick diaz next because what do you do? You have you have to put him in there and like uh, against a similar a similar veteran of, of sorts. And I know people are talking about the Jorge Masvidal fight because that was a fight that was meant to happen at 
two, three, five, I think. But it, obviously, he didn't end up coming to fruition. But you don't want to be putting him in there against Masvidal right now because Masvidal would run right on him. But yeah, it was sad to see. And uh, I mean, just hopefully that he doesn't have to come back and fight again and he's fighting truly of his own volition next. You know, the excitement that you talked about, was it lessened when you, because you you hit the nail on the head there when you talk about the words that he uttered before the fight in that he didn't know who put this together and why it had been put together. It was an interview with Brett Okamoto. Did that kind of like take the flavor out of the actual fight for you? Or was you still somewhat nostalgically excited? I'm a nostalgia man, so don't be ashamed to admit it too. No, no, no. It, it, no I'm, I'm, I, it took the excitement out of it until they got into the octagon. Until, like, in, until they got into the octagon. Because I was, even as he was making the walk, I was thinking, can you imagine? Obviously, it's nerve wracking going to, going to fight anybody. Uh, at any at any time in and, and 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 especially if you're a fighter and you're doing it of your own volition but if you're if your team have basically ushered you into this and you've and you're not 100 percent behind it i can't even imagine how you'd be feeling at that at that moment in time mm. but again <laughs> the nostalgic in me as soon as bruce buffer started introducing their names that that disappeared but yeah i as i said just there i i, I truly hope that if Nick Diaz does come back, he's coming back of his own volition, and there's there's no um, there's no outside influences forcing him to to come back. But it's yeah, it's it was a shame to see him to see him uh, see him stop like that. But I do believe he was hurt to a certain extent. So again, he's not absorbing any extra punishment and fight another day and what well, that all saying and what have you. But yeah, man, just it's it, it's it's sad to see to to see a legend slumped down like that and and just and 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 yeah as as you said it's not quite Roberto Duran against Sugar Ray Leonard but yeah it was it was no mass man it was it was mm. it was tough but I mean yeah I mean would would I be happy if he didn't fight again I do you know what I probably I'll probably say that I don't think he has any business fighting anymore but you hope he made enough money from that fight. But I, 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 well, we we all know the the state of fighter pace. We don't necessarily know. <laughs> I, I think we can safely say that that won't be the case. That he might probably have to return again. Exactly. Okay, over to you. What are you bringing uh, to the table? And I should say at this point that we've both got uh, two subjects each. So, what's your uh, first subject that you're bringing to the table? Um, well, I'm cut off. We we're on a kind of a, a downward, a sad, saddening slide there talking about Nick Diaz. And, uh, <laughs> we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the news that broke. Uh, when was it? It was what day? Well, it was Friday night. On Friday, yeah, on Friday night. Uh, yeah, on Friday night, a few days, like, like literally around, well the, well, the news broke around maybe 16 or 17 hours after the Hall of Fame uh ceremony in Las Vegas. Obviously, everybody knows by now John Jones was a former UFC light heavyweight champion. John Jones was arrested on suspicion of domestic battery and tampering with a, a vehicle. Now, initially, when I when, when I read the report, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. Again, like, you know, sometimes people create fake tweets and, and what have you, and some of them look legitimate. But Lo and behold, it actually uh, transpired to be true that John was arrested at 5.45 uh, a.m. on the Friday morning at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. 
for um, for the alleged incident. And actually, the, the timing of this is, is uh, of our recording is perfect because fresh details of the in alleged incident have just emerged via. Uh, MMA fighting and ESPN. And some of the details are truly, truly uh, harrowing. Um, I'm just going to summarize this because I, I don't want to be reading a whole uh, article. Uh, the summary of the police report said the officers responded to a domestic disturbance at Caesars Palace after a call stating that a white female adult, who's later identified to be Jones's fiance, Jesse Moses, were bleeding from her nose and mouth. Uh, yeah, and as John was detained, he became irate and smashed his head into the front of the hood of Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department patrol vehicle, leaving a medium-sized dent as well as chipping some of the paint on the vehicle. So that's obviously uh, why he was leveled with the uh, the tampering or damaging of a vehicle. But it's the details regarding the uh, well, the, we have to call it what I call it—the alleged domestic assault on his on his uh, longtime fiance, who who's a uh, Born him three children and they've been together for 17 years. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna summarize uh, some, of, some of the police statement that she said. She's uh, basically, Moses denied that she had been arguing with John, John, but added that around 11.30, he went out with his friends while she stayed in the room. She then stated that she was sleeping and Jones came back. He was not very happy. And, uh, and when she was asked if she got physical, she answered a little, yeah. Moses then claimed Jones touched the back of my head and pulled my hair a little bit, but he did not hit me or anything. And he said that she explained uh, subsequently that Jones grabbed her by the hair because she was trying to leave the room. Police noticed uh, 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 blood was on their clothing and a bump with a dried up blood on the lower part of her lip as if she'd been in a physical altercation. Moses was unaware that anything had happened to her lip and she said, I know they're really dry. Subsequently, the priest also noted that um, she had more blood around her lips, her chin and all over her sweatshirt and a swollen lower lip. And she seemed scared to even talk about Joan. And another thing that I'm gonna highlight here, I, I, I urge everybody to read the, the report because I'm just paraphrasing and I don't want uh, my, my uh, my uh, disseminating of this information to be everybody's uh, uh, to form everybody's opinion from this, but after police conducted an initial interview with Moses, who didn't want to be recorded and declined to fill out voluntary statements, she asked officers, "How long do I have until he's out?" She wow. seemed she seemed very scared as to uh, when John was going to be released. Now, uh, I mean. Those those details, and I haven't, I haven't even read everything. I've, I've just glossed over like the the main bits. Those details are absolutely harrowing, absolutely harrowing. In in particular, her um, her her final question asking, "How long do I have until he's out?" Because that would insinuate, and I'm by no means saying that this is fact. That she's afraid of him. She's a, she, she's she's afraid of him. And man, I I just can't imagine being in that situation. But yes, we what. What we what we have to preface before we, we we carry on, and we might forget to say this again. These are this is an allegation at this moment in time. It's by no means true. This could be uh, proven to be incorrect or or what have you. But we have to we have to preface that. But I mean, here we go again with John Jones. John Jones has found himself once again in in uh, hot water with the law. I believe, off the top of my head, I think this is the fifth or sixth time that he might have been arrested by by uh by police and uh, i mean i I've, there's I, I you you run out of words to uh 
<laughs> to to summarize how you're feeling when you see when you hear of another John Jones transgression outside of the cage, and it's and I well to be honest to coordinate Diaz, I, I'm not surprised, not not surprised. But the only surprising aspect of this was that it took place around twelve, about less than twelve hours after he had been inducted to the Hall of Fame for his uh, his epic fight with Alexander Gustafsson. Now, Mike, what was your initial reaction to the news? I'm going to pose a two-part question to you. What is your initial reaction to the news of John's uh, alleged, alleged incident with his uh, with his fiance and uh, the the police car <laughs> that he's allegedly headbutted? And two, I mean, when are we going to stop giving him slack? And when when are we going to finally? And by we, I mean the. Well, in fact, when is UFC going to finally just? cut ties with the man. So answer in whatever order you wish. Okay, taking the first point first. I was thinking to myself, perhaps I'd actually clicked on a link that was several years old. I thought that I'd actually been looking at um, a report, an article, a tweet that was from several years ago, but I was shocked. I have to say I was shocked, but not surprised. I expect this of John. He's told us this, he's prefaced this by saying, look, I'm a bad boy. I can't pretend to be good. In an Ariel Hawani interview, I forget when it was, but it was after another transgression. He said that he cannot promise to be, you know, this all, uh, I suppose, um, well-behaved individual that people expect him to be. But to his credit, I know this is going to sound a little bit sad, but at least he's now playing his role and not pretending because there was a time where, you know, I think it was Rashad who was saying it, that this guy is a fake. And people, including myself, were like, what are you talking about? This Christian, wholesome individual who is an athletic, incredible specimen, are you telling me that he is not being himself? So to be fair to him, he is playing his role. He's found himself in terms of what he's doing. That is disgusting. It's abhorrent. What he is is an alleged wife beater because from the police report, it looks as though he has put his hands on her. And here we have Leah McCourt, uh, as we are speaking about women's issues, right on cue. Here she is resplendent in all her her glory. I'm blinded by your grace. Leah McCourt, (laughs) see what I did there? Worked in your favourite What a a welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You look as though you've just come straight from the gym. I did. Wow. So I'm baffled by this. This is Bellator fight week. Oh, incidentally, Chisanga Malata, Liam McCourt, Liam McCourt, Chisanga Malata, my wonderful co-host. Now, I'm a bit shocked. It it looks as though you've been working out, but this is fight week. You're supposed to be winding down. Bellator 267 takes place this Friday where you actually clash Jessica Borger, Borger, am I pronouncing her name? I'm butchering her name, I know. How do I say it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna call her Jessica Borger. Now you look as though you've, you've, you've been, you know, for a serious workout, what's going down? Do I really? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you got the water there, and you kind of like look as like. That's because I'm waterloading. It's week cut week. Well, I just I like. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Okay, looking good. I must say, if your icon and Everlast gear there, brand repping, brand repping. So you know, this on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you um you caught the tail end of what I was saying there, but we were literally before we obviously get into fight week and what it means to you and what you're going through, and the usual question which the fans want to hear. We literally were talking about the uh, the news of John Jones and his alleged. Um, I suppose indiscretion with his wife. Basically, it looks as though he's 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 battered his wife allegedly from the police report. I haven't actually but, seen any of this. I've been that's, that's horrendous. Yeah, absolutely, just very sad. Current behaviour. But are, are you surprised to hear that John Jones yet again is in the news for you know I suppose an indiscretion, something which you know, I suppose has violence connected to it towards a woman, though. Yeah, that is shocking. Terrible. Hopefully he, I don't know, gets the punishment he deserves for doing that. That's um, crazy. And that's why I'm glad that you raise punishment, because I do think it's high time that he is punished and punished in a sufficient way that makes him recognise the seriousness of what is going down here. It's obvious from the police report that his wife is scared of him. His wife asked, basically, the police officer, how long have I got? He was incarcerated. How long have I got until he's released? So it's clear to me, allegedly, what went down was of such ferocity that she's fearing for her life. How long have I got? So how do we actually punish John Jones? Is it another slap on the wrist suspension? Or do you think that we need something a little bit, I suppose, more definitive in terms of a reprimand? Does he need to spend time in jail? From, from, from my perspective, I, I think it's high time. I think it's high time. I mean, the, uh, the litany of incidences that, that he's had that, that, and that he's got away with, a regular person would have seen the inside of a jail cell for. And, and for this alleged incident, we, we have to call it what it is. It's an alleged incident. He, yeah, he should see the, he should, he shouldn't be out on the street. He shouldn't be out on the street until, uh, until he has his court date and uh, everything has been, has been finalized in, in that sense. And I mean, and I know a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy for this or, or, or what have you, but um the UFC should cut him. The UFC, they should have cut him a long time ago when he crashed into the uh, pregnant woman. And they, they should do it now. If they're truly behind women's rights and they're, they're, they're advocates that they claim that they are, they need, to, they need to nip this shit in the bud. See, I totally agree with you. They should reprimand him and reprimand him in a, in a, in a very severe way by cutting him. I can't see them doing that because they're very money focused, very money orientated. He is a money spinner for them. But what do you think, Leah? I mean, he's a Christian man. Is he, um, is he one of those fellows who isn't beyond redemption? Is he one of those guys where his Christianity is going to be his saving grace? Like I, it's I can't really comment on that or any of thing to do with him. You know, it's he definitely needs serious to look at himself and, and needs serious help. He needs 
and definitely that's you know if he's convicted or whatever happens I think he definitely deserves to not be given a platform like that not to get them a platform if that's the to the way he's going to portray himself and his behavior he shouldn't be given the platform of influence and other other people 100 percent but you know we're going to segue back to you now because you are the guest of honor and i know we've only got you for a limited time so i'm gonna fire away with the questions i was watching an interview with uh, jessica borgia and i know that you're not one to rise to the bait you are just so you're like a swan like on the top everything's like all kind of serene nothing's gonna row you nothing is going to actually take you off your course but what she was saying was in your last fight you got lucky you got lucky with that up kick and um she's gonna capitalize on the fact that you know she feels as though she can see a few holes in your game when you hear that you of the skilled technique that actually brought her around and uh, saw you clinch victory in your last time that you were in the cage. When you hear something like that, does that kind of like piss you off ever so slightly? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, take, it takes a lot to get under, like, I don't think anything an opponent could say could get under my skin. I never really think about them. I, um, I, don't, be- I don't believe in luck, that's all I'm going to say. I don't believe in hundreds of thousands of hours on the mats and bad positions and putting myself in you know, deep waters every day at the gym, hours upon hours upon hours of training. And then that's that showed on the night. I was able to say calm under pressure. It's a fight. You're going to get, not, might not win every single second of the rounds. And um, it just shows, like, I... I I can weather the storm and and then go through deep waters and still get a highlight real finish. I mean, speak, speaking of a highlight real finish, is that what you are looking <laughs> forward to this time round? For me, that was, you know, that, that showed you can weather the storm, as you say, that showed the gutsy uh, side of you and how you can actually turn things around. A lot of people aren't really talking about that, but are you chasing a highlight real finish in this next matchup with Jessica? Mm, not, not, not really. I'm just, I always, the winning is my aim. And, but I do have color instinct and I do, um, but that's, that's just God given. And in there, I know when to finish, I know how to finish and I can finish from most places, but I just go in to win every, like my mindset going in is to win every exchange, every clinch, every grapple, every position. And, and, um, just dominate in, in, in every area. Like that's always the, the mindset going in. And just before I hand back to, <clears throat> excuse me, Chisanga, I, I'm intrigued. You know, the, the matchup, where you are in the rankings right now, you are really inching towards title contention, but Jessica seems to be at the different end of the scale. When you actually receive that, was it a case of why is this being made or do you feel that you need that considering what happened in the last time that you were in the cage? I don't really think I just take that in the next fight they give me. I just ask Jude, ask any, any matchmaker, they just, whoever they say, I just say yeah to, you know, if you look at my experience compared to probably the top five, I think they just, uh, it makes sense to have more, get more, more fights, more experience. And it's a tough fight. She's tough. She's, um, a good opponent for me, a good test, and I'm looking forward to it on Saturday, Friday. 
Okay. I know we're fast running out of time. Chisanga. Yeah, you touched on it there. Um, and Jessica is is a good test. And I know her, a lot of fans are pointing at her record saying that she's three and three, but she's fought some good, some really good fighters in there. But I believe she's fought uh Shana Young and I think her last fight was against the uh Talita Noguera if memory serves me correctly yeah. so uh what have you made of her I, I, I don't know if you watch, sit and watch tape yourselves or if you just leave it to your coaches but what have you made of what little you've seen of Jessica yeah she's she's tough and she's you know she likes to put the fight where I do she likes to close the distance and put it against the cage and take it to the ground and she's she's fast she's active on her back she's active um on jumping on submissions, so like it's that's the tough, as tough a fight as any I've had. I believe so, and I always do. I'm realistic with my fights and records in female MMA, especially, don't really reflect the, the ability of the fighter because you know every every kind of test fight we're having is a tough fight. There's no like um, you just have to take whatever you're given. You can't build your record or build your experience up. You know you just have to fight whoever and and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And one, I was I was going through your your record, and I completely forgot that um, I believe it was your debut. You fought, uh, well, one of the most uh, touted females on the planet now, Manon Fury, and you, mm. you 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 got the W. So, how would you assess her uh, time? And well, I don't know if you've watched her in the UFC uh, of late, but what 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 have you made of her her decent run since then? And how good does that victory look in your record now? <laughs> Yeah, she looks amazing. She's she's very aggressive, very fast, and she's definitely I think um, she's going to make make big moves in the UFC. She's in a especially in that division. She's so aggressive and she's got great great power as well. So it's she was a tough fight, a tough fight. and that fight was like bantamweight. I had to cut it to like sixty two or sixty one. I remember of the tough tough night. <laughs> <laughs> And got, got, circling back to uh, 259, was that, well, that was your first fight out because you had a shoulder injury uh, during t- uh, 2020, correct? Am I correct? Or? Yeah. Shoulder injury, I had COVID, I had a popped SC joint, I had uh, a injury, I had fucking, it was a worse camp, worse, like lead up to that fight. So I, I was, um, there was, was a lot. You know, I had to go through a lot to get... Everybody can't believe I actually fought. I can't believe I actually got to the point I could walk through the gate doors. So, but again, it's just... Uh, it's definitely... I learned a lot about myself and what I'm able to go through. And I grew, grew, I grew a lot mentally and, and kind of spiritually from that. And I know there's a there's a show in Ireland. If you get a, a, a quick and dominating... Yes, they put me on Dublin in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll send this directly into uh, Jude Samuel's DM. So hopefully, yeah. we can get it done for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just before you go, you know this question's coming, and uh, you you won't be surprised me asking it. I see you actually coming away with a victory here. You know, I'm a big big um, advocate of finishes, and I see you as a finisher. I see it as a second round sub. So don't let me down. No pressure. But after that actually comes to fruition, you're obviously in title contention, right? I don't know. I just I just want to fight again. I who knows? And I just I'll be asking them to put me on Dublin in four weeks. So hopefully they have <laughs> <laughs> Because the follow-up to that question is um, your good friend, uh, Sinead Kavanagh, is obviously inching towards a title as well. 
let's just imagine, let's just imagine that it, there was a toss up between you and her going for that title. Would you gracefully bow out and say, yeah, you go for it, Sinead? Or would it be a case of, no, I'm asserting myself here? What I'm asking is, is the title obviously something that you want to get to in the next couple of fights? No, I think she needs, she's that little bit ahead of me in her career. She has, uh, deserves that shot and I hope, really hope she gets that soon and she deserves it and it'll be life changing for her. Amazing. So I'm like, if she gets that fight, you know, I'm, I'll be just so delighted for her and her son and she's, she, uh, she'll, she definitely, you know, has the potential to, to go, go all the way. Fantastic. I know we've 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 severely run over the allocated time that we have with you, but I'm going to bid, bid you uh, good luck. For, not that you need Thank it you. for Friday, because like I say, second round KO. Just remember that, you know, no pressure, yeah. but second round KO would be nice. Okay. Putting money on you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, look after yourself. Okay, bye, guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Got a lot of time for Leah. Whenever I put through an interview request regardless of where she is on the planet she's down for it whether it's spaces whether it's zoom whether it's a telephone interview I've got to give her mad mad props but what did you make of what she was saying there in terms of um Sinead Kavanaugh obviously is is been campaigning um to go for um a shot at the title but she's obviously got aspirations herself could you see them to being faced off against each other because, I mean, that was what I was kind of like limbering up to say, but I think she answered it quite, quite succinctly there. Yeah, I, I think she did. I think she knew which direction you were, you were, <laughs> you were, you were, you were trying to go there. But um, I don't know, you know, I, I something tells me that I, I, I agree with what she was saying. I don't think she was just being diplomatic. I think that she truly uh, has reverence for, for Sinead. And let's not forget uh, Sinead is... Pretty much, I don't want to say an OG because I don't want to sound as if I'm being disrespectful. But uh, mm. when, yeah, when it comes to women's mixed martial arts in, in, in Ireland, she's she's been at the forefront of of its growth. I mean, when did she at first? She was fighting in like 2015. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember any 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 um, uh, female Irish woman from from North or the Republic fighting whatsoever off the top of my head. Maybe if I'm wrong. Ashley uh, Bailey, how dare you? Oh, of course, man. Fuck <laughs> my memory, my memory. Jesus, Jesus Christ, man. This, <laughs> but still, my my point still stands. She's still one of the. She was still one of the uh, the pioneers and and, and the trailblazers. Um, but yeah, no, I I think she would. Uh, she, I think she'd stay true to her word and, uh, and and step aside. And Sinead's had some good wins on her record. I think who she beat Olga Rubin not too long ago, and then yeah, she beat um, in the last. Is the last Euro series? I can't remember who it was. Um, the name's gonna it'll come back to me at some obscure time. But <laughs> but yeah, um, I well, she has had some solid wins. Uh. Yeah, she has had some solid wins. She has had some solid wins. Obviously, I know she lost to Leslie Smith, but she did bounce back with a win over Uber at Olga. Over, mm. over. And yeah, so I think she'd. Uh, I'm not. I I, I think. I think Leah's also being a bit patient. I know she's saying that, oh yeah, that she's insinuating that I, she would take the title shot provided, but I think she's also aware to a certain extent that she's still pretty green in this sport, if you know what I mean. It's, um, I can't remember when she made her debut. Uh, 
2017. Now, okay, that's that's five years. That's five. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's five years. Fucking also, uh, time time's flying. Time's flying by quickly. But yeah. again, she's only had this six fights. No, no, this will be her sixth professional fight. So again, still still very green and still learning. But I mean. You're just trying to pit Ireland against each other, right there, man. That's what you're. <laughs> that's what, that's what you're trying to. You're trying to uh, get the uh, get the Irish to to divide and choose their choose their sides if they're Team McCourt and Team Kavanaugh. But <laughs> I just but, love clash. I love conflict, and I love especially you know them being SBG, okay, or maybe at yeah, different um, branches, but still SBG, SBG versus SBG. That floats my boat. Yeah, that would be good. I, I believe she's Charleston with Owen Roddy, uh, Leah. Sure. I can't remember which way think, around it is, but I think she's Charleston, and then right. uh, and I think Sinead is just SBG Ireland, the well, the main big one that obviously everybody with John Kavanagh. With John Kavanagh, yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, of course, would I want to? Would I want to watch that fight? Fucking too right. <laughs> that would be a phenomenal fight. But again, I think if the opportunity came, I think that. I think Leah would stick true to her word, and she'd uh, she'd she'd let Sinead have have first crack at it. So, my next uh, item on the docket is what's actually uh, been transpiring online between Tyron Woodley and Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy has been, I suppose, poking the bear, regardless of who it is, trying to like instigate a fight, and he has been picking a fight with various athletes of late the latest of which has been Tyron Woodley. He was mocking him over his tattoo and mocking him over um, the authenticity of that tattoo. And I think what he's trying to do is obviously trying to needle, trying to get under the skin of Tyron Woodley and spoiling for a fight. Do we want to see Dan Hardy back in the cage? Do we want to see Dan Hardy versus Tyron Woodley. I say no. To be honest with you, I say no, and it's with the the greatest of respect. I think Dan Hardy is a fantastic analyst. His mind, the way that he crafts words and enables you to understand body mechanics is second to none. Mm -hmm. I think one of the travesties that happened, obviously last year, was Dan Hardy being fired from the UFC. I think he was one of the greatest analysts that they had there. Um, and I just think that, you know, that that is a lost opportunity, which I don't think we'll ever see again. But I just want him to play his position now. I mean, he's fast approaching, what, 40 and change. And um, I don't feel that combat, and that is him getting in the cage or even in the ring, is something that I want to see. I want to see him basically thrive, where I feel it is his number one go-to right now, and that is in the analyst chair. How about you? No, I can I completely understand that uh, that that sentiment. That look, I mean, who who would have thought back in the day when uh, Dan Hardy was rocking the mohawk that he would become one of the the leading minds on the on, mm. on the martial arts, especially on, especially on YouTube as well, man. Like, I mean, I don't know if you watch his uh, war room breakdowns of. Yeah, I do. Oh man, big fights get announced and it's like fight week or the, the Sunday before the, when they drop him, man. Oh, it's mm. one of my go-to things. And, yeah. Yeah. and then I'm not going to lie, I, I steal some of the shit that he says and then like I, I make it out as if I'm that technical or, <laughs> what, <laughs> or, or what have you. But yeah, um, it's a shame that Dan was uh, giving his marching orders from, from the UFC because there have been some, 
amazing moments uh, that he's that he's commentated on, and his his commentary, his uh, color commentary, is uh, is added to those moments. Like, well, just on Fight Island with with Max Holloway, like when he was losing his shit when Max Holloway was slipping the punches and saying he was the best boxer in the UFC. Oh man, that was that was phenomenal. But um, I kind of disagree with you. I kind of disagree with you in the uh, in the sense that. You, you don't want to see Dan back in combat. And I would like to see him fight one more time, purely because the fact that the, uh, is it the Wolf Parkinson uh, syndrome where the, That's the right. abnormal, abnormal heartbeat that deprived him of, of, comp, of, 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 uh, of, of continuing to compete in the UFC. Now mm. the UFC and their medical team were quite right in their, their, their decision to say, look, you're not going to fight because you have, because you have this. But subsequently, uh, subsequently, uh, years later, he proved that, uh, well, he got, there was further research into it and then the uh, other medical officials cleared him. So I would like for him to, to have one last hurrah just because obviously he had the, um, he had years of his career, years and years of his career taken away from him, from, uh, from a congenital, I don't want to necessarily say it's a defect or whatever, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm no medical expert, but um yeah, so I'd like to see him have uh, at least just get that one more for him, if you know what I mean. But yeah. as it pertains to fight with Tyron Woodley, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a fight that that I really, I really want to see. And plus, who's get, like which promotion are gonna are gonna gonna pick that up? I know, I know that um, Hardy's been released from his commentary dues, but does that mean that he's been fully released from? No, he says he's a free agent. I remember him saying he's a free agent. Yeah. So, this in theory could happen in Bellator. It could happen in one championship. It could happen in Cage Warriors. But um, is it a fight that I really that I'm that I'm angling to see? Uh, I don't know. Look, their their exchanges on uh, on social media, uh, and I'm I'm big Dan Hardy fan here, but I think he's 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 taking he's he's taking a, an L when when it comes to <laughs> to his attempt to. Uh, to, to, to poke the bear because I, I knew eventually where Tyron was just going to go with it and he's just going to say look I'm a former world champion multiple title defenses what do you have obviously Hardy has uh, has, has a legacy as one of the pioneers of, of, of the sport over here and a leading mind in the sport but when you're comparing it to, to world a world champ yeah and everything it, it I don't want to say it pales in comparison because that sounds disrespectful but it just doesn't stack up if, if, you, if you know what I mean but um yeah, like he was going out and saying, yeah, first of all, it's not a tattoo and and everything. And then Woodley was like showing him, well, look, I'm wiping it. It's the thing. Yeah, it's it's a real tattoo. But yeah, I think he's just trying to secure the bag. I mean, he's been trying to um, to get a fight for a while. I even know that he's been interested in fighting John Wayne Park as well over in, uh, in, in one championship. So, yeah. Um, if, if he is to come back, I want him to, to fight somebody of around the same age obviously i, I mean uh that, that only makes sense but uh, but yeah like again i'm not i'm not i don't have a burning desire to see it but for for him for for his sake i would i, I would like him to have one more fight because of the circumstances in which he had years of his career taken taken away from him but um but yeah, the 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 fight with T Wood that doesn't get my uh, my my juices flowing in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last but but no means least, what's on your docket? Last but no means least, we spoke to the co-main eventer of Bellator Two Six Seven, which is taking place in 
are well, well, not hometown because Mike, believe it or not, I was actually born in Newcastle. People, people don't know that. I'm a, technically a technically a Black Geordie, believe <laughs> believe it or not. But yeah, wow. taking, taking place in uh, in LDN this weekend, and of course, it's the rematch between Mr. MVP Michael Vernon Page and three-time welterweight champion Douglas Lehman. Now, obviously, these two fought. It was in 2019, they fought, and Douglas Lima emphatically ended Michael Venom Page's unbeaten run. I believe MVP was, was he like 17 and 18? No, he was about 14 and 0 at the time. I thought it was 16 and 0. No? 16 and 0, yeah, six, around 16 and 0 at the time. It was either 15 or 16 and 0 at the yeah. time. Uh, he's, he, he weathered the storm in the first round because a lot of people forget this narrative when they talk about it. Michael Venom Page had Lucas Lima, Lucas Lima, Douglas Lima hurt in the first round of mm. that fight. But um, obviously, Douglas timed his range perfectly when Michael came in with a, with a perfect low kick and Michael tried to get up too early and then Douglas caught him with the uppercut and that was all she wrote. Now, I'm really, really, really looking forward to to this fight, as is our final guest, Mr. Douglas Lima himself. So listen to the ATT. Well, I think he's got his own uh, branch of ATT now, uh, American Top Team, Douglas Lima. So let's tune in to hear what Mr. Douglas Lima says. Hi, Douglas. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. First of all, uh, welcome back to the UK. It's been a while since uh, you've been here. How was your uh, how was your bus tour? Man, it was good. It was good. Bus tour was good. Got to see the city a little more, you know, got some good interviews, and it was good. Uh, yeah, so how's your second time in London been? Because uh, obviously last time you were here, you were here for the uh, for the Paul Daly fight, and it was just business. Yeah. But this time you've had a bit more time to, uh, well, relax a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I love it, man. I love this country. Uh, the city is beautiful. You know, it's always good to sightseeing a little bit, you know, before before really the fight week. I got here Saturday morning and uh, it's been good. You know, I love coming in here, you know, and hopefully this won't be the last time. Uh, so Douglas, this is a rematch that has been uh, over two years in, in the making. And this was a fight that Michael Venom Page campaigned for for a long time, well, immediately after the, uh, the result of your first fight. Are you excited for this fight? Because given the manner, the emphatic manner in which you, you won the, the first meeting, is it difficult to get up for this, or, or are you excited to come onto enemy territory and uh, and perform? No, 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 it's not a uh, not difficult at all. It's actually very exciting, you know. Of course, every fight for me is exciting, you know. I get to do my job, I get to do what I love to do, and uh, especially here in London, you know, different mm-hmm. country. I've I've always liked fighting at different countries and stuff. You know what I mean? It's a rematch, like you said, it's in the making. He's been asking for this for a long time. He's been doing really good. You know, he mm-hmm. finished all pretty much almost all his his opponent after me. So uh uh I'm ready, man. I train really hard, you know. I know it's, uh you know, Michael Page is a different uh difficult guy to fight, you know, mm-hmm. different style. So it's different difficult to to find guys like him, you know, pretty much impossible. So but you know, we're good, man. We're ready. You know, we've done it before. About to do it again. There's no pressure. Uh, you know, I just enjoy the whole process. You know, it's a fight. You know, you have to be excited. You know what I mean? You can't just not be excited for something like this. You know, you got to work hard. You know, like it's the, the last fight that you're going to do. So that's what I did. 
I did my homework and I'm ready to showcase my skills one more time. Yeah, and you 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 uh, you kind of touched on my on, on my next uh, question. Preparing for Michael Venom Page is very 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 difficult because. Uh, well, yeah. I, I can only think of maybe a couple of people on the planet who can kind of emulate what he does. But how, how do you go about doing that? Not once, but twice. I mean, man, it's like we said, you know, it's, you can't find guys like him, you know. So I use my training partners, man. They, mm-hmm. uh, they move around. They try to mimic what he, you know, even though it's not going to be the same, they kind of mimic his style. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's all about what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Just prepare, you know, for the worst scenarios. You know, he's been, you know, they've been throwing, you know, the stuff that he throws. But the main thing is just not getting caught in what he does, you know, because, uh, you know, he likes to dance, gets people to react. You know, he's got his style and uh, he catches most people off guard because of that. You know, people start to you know, get mad, and that's usually when they, when when Paige catches them, you know, but that, that stuff doesn't work for me, you know, I'm focused 100% on the fight, and uh, in myself, you know, so it's all about what I'm going to do in there, and I feel good, you know, camp has been amazing, and I'm healthy, so, you know, it's another fight for me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's it, it's it's it, well, it's been over, over two years since you guys last fought, and Michael's on a five-fight win streak, have you seen yeah. a lot of improvements in him from the, that time when you fought, or do you still see a lot of similarities? Uh, man, pretty much similarities. I know he's, uh, he's older, he's more experienced, you know, and he's just been killing everybody. But, you know, I think, you know, the competition is not as, you know, as up, you know, the, the people that he fought, you know, mm-hmm. since we fought, you know, I've been fighting higher competition, you know what I mean? So... But he's been doing his same thing, man. He's been working. I mean, when something is working, there's no 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 reason to change it. You know, he's been doing his style is always the same, you know what I mean? Of course, it's very tricky. So he's been doing his thing. So I prepare I prepare for the best page ever. You know what I mean? I'm sure he done, he did the same thing cuz uh I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to fight in the, uh, you know, if you if you winning fights, it means you're doing something right, you know, but mm-hmm. It's got to fight me again, so it's a different story. Yeah, you, you, you touched on the on the level of competition that you've been fighting. Obviously, after you mm-hmm. fought Michael, you fought Roy McDonald, then Gegard, and then Yaroslav. Going back to that yeah. fight with uh, Yaroslav in, uh, well, in June, um, how would you, now that you've had the benefit of hindsight, and I'm sure you've watched it a, a few times, how would you assess the performance that night, and where do you think that it went wrong? Man, uh, that was a terrible performance, you know, on my part. You know, he did his thing. Uh, his wrestling was a lot, a lot better than I expected. You know, some stuff that that needs to be corrected in the training camp. Uh, me and my coaches are already, you know, in the same page with that. Uh, definitely, it's going to be a different fight when we fight him again. But honestly, uh, all I have to blame is myself. You know, I didn't, I didn't show up and fought the way I was supposed to do. You know, I was too passive. I was waiting too much. And uh, against a guy like that, you know, you can't fight the way I did, you know, pretty much just luck guard, you know, once I get to my back and I did that the whole fight, you know, so uh, it was all of my mistake, man. I needed to open that guard and attack more and uh, on the defense for the takedowns because he does it different, you know, I mean, his style is a lot different than most wrestlers, but, uh, you know, got to think about that after this fight, you know what I mean, because first I got to finish 
you know, Michael Page, I got to take care of this business here first, and then I'm going for that title one more time. You know, I know what you, I know what you expect, mm-hmm. and I know what we got to fix, you know, to get that win back. Yeah, you said that you were a, a bit too passive. So judging from mm-hmm. uh, from that assessment, that's not going to be the case this time around. No, sir. No, sir. Especially, you know, it's a three-rounder. You know, I haven't fought a three-rounder in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, I'm definitely going to be more aggressive. You know what I mean? Faster pace. You know what I mean? And uh, it can't be passive, man. It can't be passive. Sometimes I do that in fights. You know what I mean? It cost me the last fight. Even against Musasi, you know, it took me a while to wake up. You know, and this one is going to be different. You know, I'm going to fire, you know, from the first round. You know, I'm going to aim to kill the whole time, you know what I mean? I'm going to be looking for that knockout, you know, whatever there is, you know, I'm going to look for the finish, the whole fight. Now, and you you, you, you mentioned the, the Misasi fight there again, and you mentioned that you felt passive. I think there's now kind of a bit of a misconception now that people believe that you've transformed into this passive fighter. I mean, mm-hmm. do you, uh, are, are you aware of that? And how excited are you to prove that that's not the case? Yeah, I mean... Of course, if I keep doing it, of course, people are going to say, you know, that I'm not a passive fighter. But no, I mean, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just got to prove them all wrong and prove myself, too, you know, because it's not about, for me, it's not about what people say. It's about what I do because uh, I'm critic of myself as well. You know, I like to perform. I like to perform well. You know, I like to fight aggressive and I like to finish fights. You know, this last two hasn't been hasn't been my style, you know, and I look terrible, you know, I confess that to myself, like, man, you gotta, you got, you got work to do now, you know what I mean, uh, gotta get that image out of people's head, you know, but, you know, I worked on it, you know, we've been working on it, a lot of mental stuff that I'm working on myself, you know what I mean, but uh, I feel good, man, I feel really good, and uh, this fight is gonna, it's definitely gonna be a lot different than the last two, for sure. And uh, I, I touched on it before. Obviously, you've uh, you've come to enemy territory to uh, to take mm-hmm. on this fight in Michael's backyard. I mean, are you are you excited uh, to be uh, well, not the underdog? Are you excited to be the boo boy? The the, the crowd are going to be mm-hmm. against you, and, and are you excited to silence him? For sure, for sure. I mean, English people, man, they love fights. You know what I mean? So if the fight is excited, I'm sure they're not going to boo me because uh, I do get a lot of respect from people here as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm excited, you know, it doesn't phase me that I'm fighting, you know, at his backyard, you know. Uh, uh, if there if there's pressure, I'm sure there's more pressure on him, you know, because he's got to perform in front, of the t- in front of the whole crowd. But no, man, I feel really good. I feel really good. Like I said before, I love fighting at other countries, you know, even if it's, you know, the guy's homeland, you know, I'm fighting in their backyard, you know, if for me, it doesn't phase me. Because once I step inside the cage, the only person I hear is my corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't matter if they boo, they boo. You know what I mean? If they cheer, they cheer. Uh, it's just exciting to have a, a big crowd, you know, in the arena. You know, it's been a crazy year, you know, the last two years. So uh, it's finally good to have fans back, especially fans that really enjoy fighting, you know, like, uh, like here in England. And uh, well, you, you, you talked about you were briefly reflecting on the last two years that we had, but I'm going to go back even further. I'm not too sure if you know, but about maybe I think two and two and a bit weeks ago marked the 10 year anniversary of your Bellator debut against Steve Carl, Bellator 49. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, was that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago on September 10th. Yeah. Oh, wow. September yeah, 10th. That's right. Yeah. Oh, September wow. 10th, 2011, <laughs> man. I mean. 
It's been a phenomenal journey. Three, three, uh, three-time welterweight champion. I mean, how would you assess it all? Uh, man, I'm happy. Honestly, I'm happy. You know, 10 years here with Bellator, you know, they treat me good. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited, but um, I'm far from over. You know what I mean? I still got a lot of stuff to do here. I'm soon to be the four-time welterweight champion, you know, break records again one more time. And, uh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm happy. You know what I mean? Um, could have done a lot better, you know, than what I did this 10 years, but it's a fight game, man. It's a fight game. It's a hard sport. You know what I mean? It's hard to win them all. Pretty much almost impossible to win them all, you know. But I'm, I'm learning as we go. I'm learning from every mistake. And, uh, and I'm appreciated for every win, you know. So uh, I'm very thankful for all the fans that's been supporting me all this time. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot more to do. You know what I mean? I'm still 33 years old and my body is healthy now. So as long as I'm healthy and I got the hunger, you know, I'm going to keep going. That's good. And final question for me. I really do appreciate the time, Douglas. How do you yes, foresee sir. this second fight with Michael Venom Page at Bellator 267 playing out? Man, I'm planning to do everything in my power to finish him one more time. You know what I mean? If it's standing up, if it's in the ground, wherever. I'm just looking for the finish. You know, I don't like going to distance. You know what I mean? I don't like living, you know, in the judge's hand. And I'll be looking for the knockout. Probably second round, I'll finish him one more time. All right, Douglas, thank you very much for, uh, for your time today. I appreciate it. Hopefully the weight cut goes well and everything. And good luck on Friday. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Take care. Okay, and we're back. Mike, now I know uh, one of the prevailing narratives of Douglas Lima of late is that he has been very, very passive, very, very conservative. And I don't know if you watched the two fights with uh, Yaroslav Amosov and with uh, Gegard Mousasi, but he was quite... Uh, he was quite slow off the mark. And that's something that obviously in the interview, he said uh, he's, he's not going to be, but he can't be that in this, uh, in this fight, because sadly for us, it's only a three rounder this, this weekend, which is absolutely criminal. Bellator need to, uh, to sort that shit out when it comes to uh, some of their uh, non-title fights, uh, main event fights. So do you think that we're going to get some of the, the old Douglas Lehman? And if so, what type of matchup do you think that's gonna gonna make for? Because that very well could play into Michael Venom Page's uh, well, play right into his game plan if he's because we all know how elusive Michael Venom Page is and how lethal he is with his countering. And that's just it. I don't think we're going to see anything new from um, Douglas Lima because if you check it, if you deep it, what we've been seeing over the years is the same. Douglas Lima is just a reiteration, just a slight step change, nothing too radical. With Michael Venom Page, I have to say, leaps and bounds in terms of what we have seen in terms of evolution. Plus, plus, he now has kind of like um, added impetus to actually secure this victory because he knows where he slipped up. He knows what he had in his hand in the first round and just that lapse of concentration meant that, you know, obviously he ended up on the wrong end of a, of a KO. So the way that I look at it, I really do see this going Michael Venom Page's way. I see him mocking Douglas Lima. I see him really going to town on this, really laying down a statement and uh, securing that victory. I think it's either going to be a second round um, TKO. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if you remember in our uh, conversation with Mike earlier, uh, I think it was September that we we had him uh, on on the show. Yeah, they, he did he did basically say it was it was a lapse of a lapse of concentration, and perhaps I think he um, he wanted to negate the effects of the knockdown in the eyes of the judges by showing, look, oh, I'm back on my feet straight away, back on my feet straight away. When what he should have done, he should have just rolled to his back, saw if Douglas would have engaged him. And then just just accepted the position, accepted, look, okay, you've lost this engagement in the eyes of the judges. But again, he wanted to get back up and he tried to get back up too quickly. That was one of the main things. And yeah. fair, fair play to Douglas. He saw that, that that opening, that split second opening, and he went for it. And uh, he got a highlight reel knockout. But mm. yeah, Michael Venom Page, uh, in each of his in each of his uh, subsequent fights after that, I think there's been four fights in between in between that time. Uh, we, we've seen improvements. I know a lot of people are going to point to the Ross Houston fight and say, "Oh, that shit was boring," or, or, or what have you. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a boring fight. And Michael did what he had to do against a former world champion to to, to get uh, to, to get his hand raised. But as it pertains to a prediction for this fight, um, I think I think Michael's going to unleash something special. And I know some of our international viewers might be thinking, look, it's it's your homeboy and you're going to be riding for him or what have you. But no, I, I just think, I think, again, Lima has been, and he even said it in the interview there, he he has been guilty of being too timid to a certain extent. And I, I, I think I think he's going to walk onto something. I think he's going to be a bit a bit too aggressive. And I think that he's going to, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think he's gonna suffer. I, I don't know if he's been knocked out in his in his career beforehand. I think he's had like eight or nine losses, but I, I think a couple of them, most of them, are by decision off the top of my head. But I could be wrong. But I think that Michael Vernon Page is going to avenge his, uh, his 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 soul blemish and erase his soul blemish on his uh, on his record in spectacular fashion. And then if he does that, then he's uh, well, he's guaranteed a, shot, a title shot at Yaroslav Amosov. But Yaroslav. I'm pretty sure it's like, so when did he win the title? He won the title in June, I correct. And I'm pretty sure he's not fighting until like next year. That's what where it is on the street. He's like taking like a nine month break. I don't know if it's because he's getting surgery on something or, or, or what have you. But yeah, Mike could be, uh, could, be temp- well, could be tempted. He could have to, uh, <laughs> could have to, to wait for, uh, for that title show because we all know how uh, active Michael likes to be. Like, I mean, uh, not last year, obviously, because of the pandemic. A year before, I think there was a year where he fought like five times or four or five times in one year. He was just active, 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 active. So that activity might uh, come to a pause. But uh, if if that's the case, let him go do some boxing. Let him go back and do some boxing. I'd be I'd, I'd be happy to see that. But um, yeah, picking Michael Venom Page to uh, to erase the memory of his 2019 loss to Douglas Lehman to uh, catapult himself into title contention. Yeah. Bellator 267 goes down this Friday, but we also have UFC action on Saturday, UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker. Just before we go, just from those two cards, forget about the um, main event. From the two cards, what are the um, runners and riders? Just pick one that actually float your boat. For me, from Bellator 267, it will be from the prelims, and that's Kane Musa oh, versus David oh, Gallen. You still, you still, you stole the one I was going to choose from there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, only because the last time I saw David Gallen, he was given out a rolling thunder. Now, how can you actually execute rolling thunder perfectly to a point where you knock out a UFC vet in Ross Pearson? I know, man. Now we know that Kane Musa. Um, 
isn't coming to play. We know that Kay Musa is, uh, you know, coming in with bad intentions, but I just think, I just think that he's going to have his hands full with David Gallon. So I can't wait to see that. And on the, uh, actually, before we, we go forward, for, you, you said that you're looking forward to exactly the same thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. The return of Mr. Badaman himself. And this, this brother <laughs> needs, he needs, he needs to get some props for it. Cause that, that brand is doing some things, you know? Yeah. By the way, so share, uh, fair, fair play to him and shout out to him for that. And he's another smart fighter. This show and look, I need to have another source of income coming in. And I mean, I've got a couple tops of, uh, and a couple of training things in my, uh, in my, uh, in my cupboard right here as well. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And like going back to that, um, that sad, sad knockout of Ross Pearson because Ross Pearson is one of the fighters who, um, I, I, I won't, yeah, who I'm not not got me into mixed martial arts, but I kind of had a little hiatus for a few years, and then when he was back on, he when he was in tough, he won the series of tough. Was it the one where Andre Winner was on that? He was on that. That's right. He's on that season, and then obviously he went on to coach against George Sotiropoulos, and. Uh, Subsequently, we've had many a great interview with Ross down down the years, and as as you say, as you said about Leah beforehand, no matter where he is in the world, and I know he lives in Australia now, no matter the time difference, he'd always say, "Yeah, I can I can chat to you at whatever time." But to see him get knocked out like that, and for Davey to not only throw that kick, for it to land with the force, yeah, in which it, it knocks out a, a, a tested chin in, in in Ross Pearson, it was it was. Uh, it, it, it was. It was it, at first. I thought, kind of thought, it looked fake. If you know what I mean. I'm not saying it was like there was a throwing thing, but do you know what I mean? Just like yeah. the way it happened. But, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, Kane Moose against Davy Gallon. Uh, also on the uh, Yannick Batty's fight in Luke Trainer. If memory serves me correct. Yes, yeah. he is. I think I think that's on the main card as well. So I'm looking forward to that. But as it pertains to the UFC card, Santos versus Walker. Santos Suarez walk. I mean, that main event, I think it's just going to be fucking carnage. <laughs> I generally think that's just going to be, that's, I mean, Thiago Santos is, uh, I believe on a two fight losing streak. If memory serves, maybe even three. Let me, let me refer to this. He's on a three fight losing streak. Yep. And I think Johnny Walker is on a two or three. Fight. Oh, no, he, he beat Ryan Spann by KO. Okay. I take that back, but uh, he's only won one of his last three. Uh, so both men have something to prove here, both men, and I'm surprised it's happening because it's uh Brazilians, Brazilians normally don't fight each other, Brazilians don't normally fight each other, uh, unless it's um, unless you're near title contention or what have you. So that's going to be crazy. But uh, the other one on that card, which I'm really looking forward to, is uh, well, two, there's two, uh, Casey O'Neill, she's fighting Antonina Shevchenko. And then we've got Alex Oliveira against Nico Price. I think that's just going to be fucking carnage. Any anytime Cowboy fights, it's 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 phenomenal. He's I think he's one of those fighters that he could go on like a three four fight losing streak, and the UFC would still just keep him around because he's just so entertaining. And uh, fight against Nico Price, I mean Nico Price is an absolute dog. So yeah, those are the two fights I'm looking forward to. Other uh, the, the most on this card, other than the main event. So when you were talking about um, when you were talking about um, Ross Pearson earlier, yeah. it made me remember that Ross Pearson actually saved my life. We were at a shoot, what? and it was it, okay, was, it, it right. was it was where the UFC. Um, this was when the UFC used to do this. 
they would take fighters on hospital visits. So they'd visit children and they'd give them like, you know, presents and they'd, you know, um, pose and have photos with them. So I went along to one of these and uh, Ross Pearson was uh, one of the fighters where they were walking around the hospital. Anyway, so we're coming outside the hospital now and we're just, well, I, I'm in animated conversation. I think I might've been talking to Brendan Lofnane at the time. And we were in such animated conversation at the time that I walked into the road just as an ambulance was coming up and Ross grabbed me from behind and pulled me back. And the ambulance basically just whizzed by and just kept it moving. So Ross Pearson, I owe my life to you. I always bring this up whenever Ross Pearson comes in, in terms of uh, conversational peace. Ross Pearson saved my life. So thank you, Ross Pearson. But going back to the UFC, wow. uh, Fight Night, Santos versus Walker, what I'm looking forward to, apart from the main event, I do see Thiago Santos um, having his hand raised. This is going to be carnage, yes. But this guy, we saw what he did to Jimmy Manuel. I love Jimmy and everything, but that was one of the most, I would say horrific beatdowns that I've seen, but you know, exciting um, first and second rounds that I've I've seen um, at, at light heavyweight. But I, I do see that being kind of like the fact that Tiago Santos does not come to play. The fact that he's got hammer hammers for hands. I mean, that's why he's got the hammer in his chest because that's an, that's a representation of what he brings. I'm looking forward to um, seeing Aspen Ladd and Macy Chasson. If I remember rightly, um, this matchup, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, that was, this was supposed to have happened um, earlier in the year, but because of an injury that Macy was nursing, I think it was uh, either a, a crack or a fracture in her leg, she didn't want to risk it because it came fresh off um, Conor McGregor's injury, right? Uh, she was supposed to face her on July 24th. Right. Okay. So that's why that's why I'm talking about it a bit now to see this. And I know Macy Chasson being a friend of the show, um, Kairos, man like Kairos, will also be tuning in for this. But yeah, I can't wait to see Macy Chasson yeah. versus Aspen Ladd. That's gonna be a fantastic fight. I mean, prospect against prospect. I love it. I know people are like I'll oh, keep prospects apart from whatever, but I love it. Wait, because just throw them in there, throw them in there against each other, man. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. But anyway, I need to rewind your your recollection of that that fight between you you uh, between uh, Amaretta and, and Jimmy Manuel. You said it was a beatdown. That was a very very close uh, close fight until until um, until uh, I think. Tiago, in the second round, he caught him with an uppercut and then he finished him with a hook. But yeah. I, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the way in which it was emphatically finished. I, oh, I, okay. I, I, get, I get PTSD every time I recall that because, you know, Jimmy's my boy and everything. Yeah. Seeing him go out like that, it was, um, it was traumatic. It was a beatdown, man. You're, yeah. But you're right. Uh, like, I, like I alluded to, it was one of, I would say, one of the most exciting fights I've seen uh, Jimmy Manuel in uh, and one of the most entertaining yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, I'd I'd love to see him back. I'd love to see him back. I, I, I just want to see. Oh, man. You can't, you can't tell me you don't miss a Jimmy Manoa entrance at the O2 or the Manchester Arena. Chills. Yeah. Chills. Chills, oh. chills. But the fact is, look, you know, as I keep saying and underlying, look, he's my boy, but I don't want to see him sustain the amount of injuries yeah. that he had in the latter part of his career. Those are some savage KOs. Yeah, Those no, are some right. KOs. Now, when you couple that with what was probably, I'm not saying this because I haven't 
any insider knowledge, but I imagine to a certain extent he was sustaining damage within the gym as well. Couple that to what he actually sustained within the cage. I don't want to see that. I really don't. No, I know. But, I know what you mean. They're circling back to us talking about being nostalgic. The nostalgics in us want to would would like to to see it, but at the same time are wary of the uh, potential repercussions. And but anyway, they got man like Jimmy, who's the uh, his, his initiative with the uh, knife initiative with UFC, which I actually need to catch up with him about and see um, and see how, how that's going because it's been, I think it's been about maybe four or so months. So I want to see if. Very quiet, isn't it? Uh, it's been very quiet. It's been very yeah. quiet. But again, when it comes to things like these, this, I like, to, um, I like to keep it time. So, like, give it markers. So, six months to a year and then to, to two years to measure and see if there's been any. Any 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 tangible growth in uh, in in the department or, or what have you? But we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, big up man like Jimmy. Well, that wraps up this shots fired. It's been amazing shooting the uh, the breeze with you and our incredible guests Douglas Lima and Liam McCourt. Until this weekend, more than likely uh, catch some of your content on the timeline. Peace. It's a great chopping it up with you, Mike. The, we, we should just do it this uh, us two. <laughs> Fuck the other guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's just have let's let's call it the brick. Oh, that's been that's been taken, hasn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah, Sandu and Simon took that a long time ago. Bro. <laughs> no, but, uh, Shout out to Sandu and Simon Heads, the OGs, the OGs of UK MMA media. Peace.